0: and who you choose to sharpen or dull your face matters and so guys i ask you who's sharpening your face and whose face are you sharpening it's not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood From men in the arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you, because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Hey guys, welcome tonight. I'm so excited to be here with you. Tonight we're talking about honing your character into what God wants for your life, and before we get into the message, I want to share a song with you, and I want to ask you a couple questions about the song. So here we go. What is the name of this song? Okay. Yes. That song is called Eye of the Tiger. So next question. When did this song come out? And what movie was it for? Yes. 1982, Rocky III. Who was Rocky fighting? What is his name in the movie and what was his name what is his name in real life? Yes, Clubber Lang and Mr. T. Here we go. Here we go. Last question, who was the lead singer for the band Survivor? Yeah, I didn't know it either. David Bickler. So when you think about this song, "Eye of the Tiger," come, came out for with Rocky Three in 1982. What is the thing that you think of? Like, how does that song relate to honing your character? What is it about the "Eye of the Tiger" that has to do with your character? Well, we're going to find out later on tonight in the message. But I want to read you a verse of the Bible to give you a clue, and this is a, a verse about. Moses, he's 120 years old, and it says this about Moses right after he died in Deuteronomy 34.7. Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated. And so I want to unpack what that looks like and how God hones our character, and it somehow gives us the eye of the tiger. Now, this, this message tonight is inspired by our podcast with Rod Handley, Rod is a friend of mine. We, we serve together on the NCMM, that's National Coalition of Ministries to Men, Board of Directors. Ron lives in Lee Summit, Missouri. He's the founder and president of Character That Counts, a ministry that he established in 2000. Rod has served as a team chaplain for the Kansas City Royals from 1995 to 2009, and the Seattle Supersonics, for those of you old guys remember when they actually existed, from 1986 to 1989. He's Ron has written over 30 books, including the book that I'm going to be sharing a little bit about tonight, Character That Counts, Who's Counting Yours, which details the whys and the hows of accountability. So let me pray, and we'll get into our night. Father, thanks for this time with these men. I pray that you would anoint this message. I pray that you would move me out of the way. I pray, even though I've given great uh, preparation and prayer to this message, that you would bail me out and that I would be forgotten, and that only you would be remembered, and God, that you would speak to the hearts of every man who listens to this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read you several translations of Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. This is probably the ultimate man verse in the Bible. My friend Brian Doyle is the founder and president of Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Conferences. Uh, I just love that organization, and that, that, that organization is based from this verse. So, Here we go, Proverbs 27 17, King James Version. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. King a new King James Version. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Neutered International Version. In other words, NIV. So if you have a Bible, an NIV Bible that was it's called NIV 1984, keep that Bible. The new translation is neutered. It is not accurate, in my opinion. I would not recommend it at all. But here's the neutered international version. It says this Iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I'm going to tell you why that is not accurate in a second. New American Standard Bible, which is my Bible that I use, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. English Standard Version, as iron or iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And then the message paraphrase. So this is not a Bible translation. This is a uh, kind of a read-my-lips paraphrase. So if you have this as your only Bible, I would recommend that you do not, but just use it as a supplementary reading tool and get a Bible that's more word accurate. But in the message paraphrase, it says, You use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. So you can see that neutered part of the message as well. The bottom line is this, guys. Men love to ask this question. Who's got your back? Who do you call it to in the morning? And I'm gonna propose this. A better question is this. Who's got your face? Who's helping you build the eye of the tiger? Who do who have you invited into your life who will call you in? "...to places you will never go, who will call you out when you're acting like an idiot, and will call you up to your best version." So we want to address that in a very, very simple simple message uh, this evening, and I want to start with this verse. We're just going to camp on Proverbs 27, 17. I want to draw a couple things out of it that were really important to me, and the first one is this. Listen, listen, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another." Here's what I want to share about that that stood out to me, guys. God created us men to be strong and not soft, to be durable, to be solid, to be resolute, but he did not create us to stay that way. He created us to be so radically sold out for him that we allow him to hammer and forge us into something different, something better. Now let me let's go back to the neutered international version. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now I want to tell you a deep theological truth. I've done a lot of research on this passage and I want to focus on the word man in the Hebrew language. There's something deep and very, very uh, theological, and i hope you can understand the meaning it's got a very special meaning so the meaning the hebrew word for man the actual meaning of that word in the old testament is the word man <laughs> it means a man it doesn't mean a person it's god is addressing men not men and women this is i this is god identifying man in fact he never addresses a woman as steel or as iron. He doesn't do it. Why? Because God has not made women to be that. He has made women like we talked about recently. In in 1 Peter 3, 7, Peter says, live with your wife in an understanding way as with the weaker partner, for she is a woman. And give, show her honor as a woman. So, so and I shared this in a podcast a while back. So the woman is like a precious china cup that you cherish and you honor And you treat her with dignity and respect. A man is like a double walled, double insulated thermos, right? So, so this is what we're talking about here. Women are not created to be iron, unlike what you hear in modern society. Men are, and men are not created just to sit there as a piece of metal that does nothing. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, guys, men are a great paradox of God. We are hard and strong, yet moldable and pliable when we surrender our lives radically to Jesus Christ. So I, if you remember last week, we had AJ come in here. He took a a metal rod, a steel rod that had never, that was used for forming concrete, and he began to pound that in the forge. He pounded it, and he hammered it, and he shaped it, and he beat it into something that was unrecognizable from the previous. It, he sharpened it and shaped it into a beautiful knife. And this is what we're talking about, guys, that, that God takes this metal rod called your life, this iron rod, this iron nothing, and he molds it, and he hammers it, and he shapes it, and he forms it, but he does not do that without your permission. You have to give God permission. When a man does that, everyone wins. When a man gets it and gives God permission, everyone wins when? Because men bring a resoluteness to the table. Men bring a firmness. God never addresses women as iron, only men. This is so important. This is on purpose that we are made to be anchors. We are made to be solid. We are made to bring stability to a family that normally would not happen. We desperately need to honor women but we have to call men in we have to call men up and we have to call men out so that they will say god shape me and form me make me into your image my prayer every morning is god mold me into your image even if i don't think i'm ready because god knows my heart but iron isn't forged alone think about this that that piece of iron did not throw itself in the forge something has to happen it is has to be exposed to fire, to pounding, and to uh, something harder than itself in order for it to be changed. So let's look at this. As iron sharpens iron. And I, I want to share something that may sound controversial to you, but human life, and I believe theology proves it out, God hammers us into the right form. Just as A.J. last week hammered that bar, that rod, into the shape of a knife, he made that rod Effective, but not perfectly effective. Here's what I mean, guys. We need bro relationships. We need bros. We need bro relationships that sharpen each other to finally hone our character. God will take us so far. He'll reshape us. He'll remake us. We, you know, for you are 2 Corinthians five seventeen. For you are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. But we have to allow others to sharpen us. God saves us. He recreates us. We're born again. And then he hands us to the church, to the body, and says, sharpen this guy. He's a little rough around the edges. My cousin Abraham Lincoln once said this, if I had six hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend the first five sharpening the axe. And from last week, we spoke about James chapter 1, verse 4, let perseverance finish it's work in you so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. I don't know about you guys, but I i am a little rough around the edges. I was rough around the edges when God got a hold of me, and God continues to shape me and hone me in my hands. So this is what's interesting. An ancient reader reading this passage would have instantly in their mind—so, guys, we're visible—an ancient man around the time of Solomon would have instantly seen a blacksmith— pounding a piece of metal into a form. He would have seen that instantly. But you understand something, that let's say it was a sword. That sword that blacksmith does not have the capability with a hammer to bring that sword to razor sharpness. He has to take it to the grindstone. He has to sh- sh- he has to uh, sharpen it. He has to take off, knock off the edges. He has to hone the blade and make it razor sharp. And that's the same way with us guys. We need other guys in our lives to hone us and sharpen us and knock off the edges. I'm alarmed in the church at how many men do not do this. So in my hands, guys, I've got a sharpening steel, and I've got my knife I carry around every day. It's a uh, zero-tolerance tiger-striped blade. It's a really cool knife. So what I'm doing is I'm sharpening. I have the steel, and I'm sharpening it. You can hear me sharpening it. So all that does is it takes the honed edge and straightens it. But to get this knife razor sharp like I like all, like I like all my knives, I have to first take it to a coarse stone or a coarse graphite rod or a coarse uh, belt on my, uh, my sharpening sander, and I, I, I get a sharp edge. In other words, I create this jagged edge. It almost microscopically it looks like teeth. And then I take the second, I usually do four phases, I take the second uh, belt or, or st- uh, stone or graphite rod, depending on what you use, and I bring it to even a sharper yet less durable edge than the final phase where I take a fine belt or a fine graphite um, rod or a fine uh, stone and I put a real sharp edge on it, a razor-like edge, a mirror-like edge, I, it's called honing. I take all of those rough edges and I slowly get rid of them to where that blade is perfectly smooth. And the steel I have in my hand now, all that does is I use that if I'm skinning a buck or if I'm cutting meat or cutting vegetables. I just use this to take that already honed blade and straighten it because when you use the blade over and over, you will bend that blade and eventually start breaking those chips off again. And you need to do this. And this is what men do. We knock the rough edges Off of each other. And so, my question, guys, is this Who is knocking the edges off of you? Who has your face? Who has your back? Who can you talk to or text when things aren't going well? And who has the guts to call you out? Who has the guts to call you up and to levels you've never been? Who have you invited? into your life and here's what I've learned about this guys is some I have relationships that sharpen me other times those same relationships I sharpen and this is a healthy relationship we need these healthy bro relationships if I'm always sharpening one guy and he's never sharpening me that's called a codependent relationship where one is the enabler and one is the victim or the addict does that make sense? I hope that makes sense to you. So if you're in a relationship where it's one sided, you need to change your relationship. And you're you're not for me, relationships are utilitarian. I I will be in a relationship with a bro, a deep and authentic relationship, a sharpening relationship, if it is mutually beneficial. If it is not mutually beneficial, I call that ministry. <laughs> I'm going to minister to that guy, but that guy is not going to be invited into my inner circle, and my inner circle has changed throughout the years. I'm going to be very honest because my life, I only have one chance at my life, and I'm not going to waste it on victims and people that don't want to sharpen and grow to the next level. So the next thing I want to share with you is also, again, uh, part of uh, this passage we're studying today in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. It says, So one man sharpens another. I really like what the King James Version and the New King James Version says. New King James Version says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. None of these other modern translations include that word countenance, and it's really a bummer, and it's actually a wrong translation. They've left something out here that is very deep and profound, and I want to share that with you. Sharpening equals change rendering a blade more effective than it was before. If your bro relationships are not changing you, you need to change those relationships. Those relationships, those deep inner circle relationships should change you. It, in other words, it takes a team to sharpen the eye of a tiger. So here's what I want to share with you. And when I read this, this really blew my mind. So this word, another, Uh, in a lot of your translations, or this word countenance in King James and the New King James, that is the Hebrew word penne, P-E-N-E. This word is mentioned 2,100 times in the Old Testament, and it literally means face. Face. Ah, now you're going back to Moses in De- Deuteronomy 34.7. Now you're going back to the eye of the tiger. So the literal translation here is, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another man's face. What does that mean? Why why have we had such difficulty translating it? Well, I love King James. It. When a man sharpens my face, it changes my countenance. I've asked the question before, is your wife ugly? <laughs> you know, when you look at your wife, do you go, man, she's ugly. I had a, a couple counseling, a counseling session with a couple recently, and, and she walked in. And my first thought was, gosh, she's kind of frumpy and ugly. And the more I talked to her, I went, man, she's really beautiful. But her husband, because he's treated her so poorly, has made her into this frumpy, older than she is, ugly-looking woman who doesn't care about how she looks. When a man loves a woman well, her countenance changes. Her face radiates. So I ask you, is your wife ugly? Guys, I ask you, what about your bros? Are they victims are they men who walk around with shoulders slumped and chest hung over and head down and, and countenance you know disintegrated? Is this the kind of friendships you have? Or do your buddies walk with their chest up and their shoulders back with the eye of a tiger? I'm not saying something prideful. I'm saying that these guys are confident in who they are in Jesus because they have people in their lives who are sharpening their face. That's why we have idioms like, oh, he had a long face or she had a sad face, right? Or or let's take this at face value. We have these idioms because your face matters. And who you choose to sharpen or dull your face matters. And so guys, I ask you, who's sharpening your face? And whose face are you sharpening? I want to close the story of Abraham Lincoln when he became president. Right now, we're going through a transition of presidents and Joe Biden, President Biden is choosing his cabinet. He's preparing for office in January, and as he's doing that, it reminds me of Abraham Lincoln when he became president and was choosing his cabinet members, his chief of staff kept recommending a particular man and Lincoln kept rejecting that particular man. And the cabinet uh the, the chief of staff finally in frustration said, "Mr. President, this is the most highly qualified guy we have in the nation. Why do you refuse to ask him to be a part of your cabinet? And Abraham Lincoln said said this, but before he said something, let me say this. Abraham Lincoln was known as the ugliest man to ever hold high political office. We had a family reunion way back when, and one of our relatives from a direct uh, ancestor of Lincoln, actually had the last name Lincoln, showed up at our our... Family reunion said, oh, you guys are a good-looking group of people, and we all looked at each other and go, well, you didn't set the bar too high, buddy. I mean, just, you know, Lincoln was known as this ugly president. So here's Abraham Lincoln saying, I don't like his face. I won't have him come to my cabinet because I don't like his face. His chief of staff shot back, Mr. President, no man can... No man can help how he's born. And Abraham Lincoln said, yes, sir, he can. After 40 years old, every man's responsible for his face. And what he was saying was, men, you have to take ownership for who you are and your countenance. You cannot blame your mommy. You cannot blame your dad who's not in the picture anymore. You can't blame that church that wounded you. You can't blame that boss who was unfair to you. You can't blame those kids who bullied you. At some point... You have to say, God, I'm going to be the man you've called me to be, and I'm going to do it unapologetically, and I'm going to have the eye of the tiger. I'm going to have the countenance that says, I have men around me who are sharpening my faith. Yes, God shapes you, but men sharpen you. Guys, I pray for you tonight that you have men in your life that sharpen you, and if you do not, that you Take the initiative right now. Stop making excuses and get into a small group of some kind and let these men shape shape, and sharpen your face. I have a virtual group we meet every Wednesday, uh, every Sunday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You're more than welcome to get involved in that. We have another group uh, that Rob Fowler and David Mass leave on Central Time. They're out of Missouri and in Indiana. They would love to get you on their virtual team. I've got another friend of mine, Rex Tigner in Virginia. He's got an Eastern uh, group going. He would love to have you on his team. There is absolutely no excuse. Don't use the excuse, oh, it's virtual. I don't like it. Or it's COVID. I don't have time to get into a group. That's garbage. My guys are on a thread through Telegram, and that thread never stops going. They never stop encouraging and sharing verses and loving on each other. It is the most powerful group I've ever been in, and it's virtual. So I don't want to hear the virtual lies. It is time for you to get into a group. And if I have 100 guys in my group, so be it. We have to get you guys into a place where people will sharpen your face. Forgive the poetic uh, ending there. Lord, thank you for this time. Bless these men. Help them to find men who sharpen their face. Help them to find men of iron who will make them better. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins.